Over 60,000 songs are added to Spotify every day, and I'm here to make sure you don't miss any of the good ones. From independent artists just starting out to seasoned vets in the industry, this interview-style podcast highlights artists whose music you don't want to miss. Make sure to follow along to the Music You're Missing Spotify playlist to hear tracks from artists featured on the show. You're listening to Music You're Missing. I'm Brendan Gennetti, and these are my friends. Bonjour. Hey. Hi. <laughs> Today we're speaking with Mike Clay of the band Clay and Friends. And before I introduce you formally to my homies that are sitting right next to me, let me tell you about Clay and Friends because you don't want to miss them any longer. Their track, Going Up the Coast, arguably the best song ever recorded. So Mike Clay, he's the front man of the band. He's a longtime singer and he's a really successful ghostwriter based in Montreal, Canada. Clay and Friends offers a unique mix of hip-hop, soul, and funk, and most of their music is in French, and I honestly don't understand most of it, but I'm constantly jamming their tracks, and because of them, I have been able to really expand my musical palette uh, into a bunch of French artists, such as Polo Ipan, Louis Hoffman, um, Chanel Trace. I, I know I'm not saying it right, but they actually just, Clay and Friends, just dropped a new single. Lucas, is he minored in French, so he will be saying the single title for me, Lucas. Say ne que de Which you can hear alongside some of our other favorite Clay and Friends tracks on top of the Music You're Missing Spotify playlist right now. Now, before I introduce you to my special guest host and we get my Clay on the line, I gotta be corny and I gotta ask you a favor. Whichever streaming service you're listening on, can you please rate us five stars? The more five stars we get, the higher chance we get front-paged or playlisted, which could get these awesome artists some even more exposure. So please rate us five stars. Thank you. Um, all right. Now, before I get Mike Clay on the line, let me introduce you to the squad that's going to be introducing or interviewing him, rather, with me. Let's start, Lucas. We've already heard from you, Frenchman. Hello. Hello, Lucas. Glad to be here. Jake. What's going on? It's Jake. Matt. What's up? <laughs> you guys are all so awkward right now. Um, I just want to go <laughs> around. Do you want us to give a bio? Like, yeah, like, Jake, hey, 25, 59. Twelve yeah, on a good day. Right. On a good day. Say, yeah, right. Five, five nine, four hundred fifty. <laughs> That's not a good day. Oh, five nine, my ass. Um, no. So, will us? We are all gonna talk more in the after show, which is available wherever you listen to podcasts under music you're missing. We talk about how much we love Clay and Friends. Um, dead seriously, I know we're being silly, but Clay and Friends um, is definitely a large part of our friendship, and it was introduced to me from these guys, and it. It's definitely a thing that keeps us together. So if you want to hear without us, them, we would not be friends. Literally, we wouldn't. And uh, as soon as he stops making music, we are done. Communication. No pressure, Mike. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, you can listen to that in the after show. Music you're missing. Go give it a follow. Whatever. But without further ado, I'm so excited and honored to present to you Mike Clay of Clay and Friends on Music You're Missing. How's it going, dude? Yeah, I'm doing great. This is uh, one of the best Mondays I've had in a while, so I'm happy to happy to be here. Ooh, I definitely want to unpack that, but first, allow me to introduce to you my friends. I figured, you know, we're talking to Mike Clay of Clay and Friends. I got to bring some of my friends along for the ride. Um, but the thing is, though, is how I actually know your music is through these three guys. And Clay, no and, friends, yeah, and Clay and Friends' music is like <laughs> a large part of our friendship. So this is Matt. Nice to meet you. Lucas, good to meet you. And maybe off camera is Jake. What's going on, man? 
JQ, I'm definitely off camera, but I'm down to imagine you for this entire podcast. <laughs> like, just make my own mental image of what what you look like, and then maybe there'll be a like, crazy reveal at yeah, the we, end. We can talk about it afterwards. What's your What's your picture? Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to, I'll have to do like a reveal. A little guess who situation. Jake comes out naked. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, so, oh, yeah. uh, thanks, thanks for showing him showing him la música popular de Verduna. I appreciate it, guys. Dude, absolutely. Luke has actually brought up a great question about that. <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, so that's our leadoff. That's yeah. our leadoff. <laughs> I mean, there's so many of your songs that start with that phrase. Are you guys have a certain like uh, affliction for that neighborhood? I know Verdun is kind of like a cool like English neighborhood within Montreal. Uh, I just wanted to kind of know a little bit behind that line. Yeah, yeah, totally. So uh, Verdun, we call it Verdun. We love like rolling that R. Uh, it's the neighborhood where we record. It's where the studio is. Uh, it's where it's been since uh, the album called La Musica Popular de Verdun, like the three three EPs ago. Uh, we got renovated, and then the homies now own a place over there. So that's where uh, we make all the music. But it's actually a spin off La Musica Popular de Brazil, which is like a, a current of music in Brazil that... Uh, just to, to broadly paint it out, uh, took popular music of all sorts, whether it was funky, orchestral, pop, and uh, made it super accessible to the mass. Uh, and it was super high quality music. It was televised, which means like a lot of people had access to it at that time. Uh, and in that way, it's kind of similar to what Clay and Friends tries to do. Every project we put together is, is, is filled with so many different styles and influences, but it's the best of what we've made in that span of time. Therefore, the La Musica Popular Day. And I wish we were from Brazil, but we are from Verdun, so that's where the Verdun comes from. No shame in that. No shame in that. <laughs> <laughs> I love the hometown support. So, are you in Montreal right now, or, or Verdun right now? Yeah, yeah, I'm in. I'm in Montreal. I'm in Montreal right now. I'm in a neighborhood called Côte d'Ange, which, which is like on the on the mountain. I'm about like ten minutes away from uh, from Verdun Beach. Dude, I I still haven't been. I've got to go. You got you guys have all been. You're oh, missing absolutely. out. You're missing out. Best city in North America Man. by far. You, you guys should come Saturday. We're playing. We're playing one of the biggest venues in Montreal, and it's sold out. It's going to be pretty crazy. What's the situation in Montreal like? Are, are you able? Is life normal? We're, like our life right now is a hundred percent normal. So totally, totally the normalist it's been forever. They took away. They took away the the, the Pandora's over. It never happened. <laughs> uh, like I'm not gonna lie. Like we played a show at uh, MTELUS a, a month ago, which is like that venue I'm talking about, and it sold out. So we're doing another one on Saturday. But that first one was 2,500 people. Inside, and it was like it was packed.com like you just literally it was uncomfortably packed i'm sorry to everybody <laughs> but not sorry at the same time and like you know you were supposed to wear a mask and i was also supposed not to crowd surf and keep my clothes on but none of those things happened in that order <laughs> um and you know we've been touring ever since and uh slowly but surely it's kind of been headed back to to what we i guess could call uh could call normal yeah so super super exciting times uh and i'm I'm really looking forward to getting like sweaty and close with everybody on <laughs> on saturday honestly we're pretty sweaty and close here so i <laughs> <laughs> love it cool right. that is your new that's your new instagram <laughs> bio right there sweating might, might be worth explaining if the ac is broken but that too <laughs> uh, <laughs> just add that to the list of things for you mike but uh, otherwise sweaty and gross <laughs> love it love it yeah, it's cool, man. I'm uh, Montreal's nice today. I actually went. I went for my first first surf of the season this morning. Um, it was freezing, obviously, but went surfing for the first time. So, you know, summer's definitely uh, upon us out so, here. So, can we ask about that for a second? So, yeah, do it. Um, Jake and I here. We have we're 
amateur surfers galore. Like amateurs, so cool. amateur is very very friendly term. We are very much <laughs> trying to fake it. We have like foam boards. I have a station oh, wagon yeah. that looks like it's for like a fifty five year old mom. We put the boards through the sunroof, and we go ride like half foot swells. But I'd love to hear: is there like a real surfing scene in in Quebec or like what? Should we try to head up there, maybe die in the process? <laughs> uh, yes, always. What's awesome about here is that it's not, uh, we're not on the ocean, we're on an island. So it's a river, it's a river break. It's a constant wave. Um, okay, yeah. And it's in like this beautiful spot in Montreal. You kind of have this iconic building from the 60s that they built for Expo 67 in the, in the backdrop. Uh, and some would say you can surf it all year long when it starts snowing. I stop because I enjoy feeling the extension, like the, 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 <laughs> yeah, my fingers and my toes. Uh, but some people surf year round in the snow and the ice, but I kind of stop in November and start again in, in May. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome, man. It's a standing wave. So it's always at the same spot, which means you kind of get to practice more than when you're in the ocean. It's super unpredictable and moving all the time. So uh, if you want to get like a different taste of, you know, uh, what being in the water is, I definitely would would recommend it, but don't tell too many people about it, man, because it's getting blown out of proportion. Cut that. <laughs> cut that. Cut that. No, that. So, I mean, you're a well traveled dude. Where do you have like a, a favorite surf spot then of all time? Um, I love I love traveling. I don't know. I wish I could say I was well traveled. I always feel like every time I think about it, I'm like, man, I'm missing so many countries on my list. But uh, I've been going back and forth to, between Montreal and Salvador quite a bit. And uh, I guess it, that there's something about that country. It's it's tiny. Uh, you can cross it in three hours and not that many people, you know, stop. The, 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 let, let me put it this way. The slogan of Salvador is literally don't skip Salvador. That's like the <laughs> headline when you and they, you know. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've been going back there and there's wonderful surf, really cool people. And it's, uh, it's fun. I go there, I DJ, I get to play music and they're like, Hey, like, where, where are you from? And I'm like, you know, Montreal, they're like, Oh, an American DJ is coming in and they just blow it out of proportion. So it's always fun hanging out there and everyone's nice to me in the water. So, you know, love it. That's awesome. Well, speaking about your travels, uh, if I recall correctly from our last conversation, which exists only in the in the ethers <laughs> you had a unique experience in boston did you get kicked out by a cop <laughs> <laughs> i had forgotten that happened it is the only place in the world where i got i got in trouble hitchhiking years and years ago was in was in boston so i keep a very fond souvenir of uh of hitch i haven't hitchhiked in so long that's wild but uh yeah it's i, I pretty much like hitchhike around australia through canada through the states and uh, yeah, when I was in Boston, I had a wonderful encounter with the very quaint police and they, uh, you know, made my life as difficult as they could. Do you remember where in Boston that was? No, not really, man. <laughs> well, if you come back, we can show you a better time. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to. You know, yeah, of course. And hopefully I won't be hitchhiking this time. We've, we've been moving on up in the world. We actually, when we tour now, we have, a, we have a driver, which is awesome, which means I don't have to drive everywhere. And we don't sleep on the floor anymore and you know, we get to eat three meals a day and you know, it's mo moving on up. It's a little thing. That's sick. Are you on a, are you on a bus or are you guys doing hotel stops? Uh, so we have like a giant kind of vet, like a 12 person van. It's kind of like a mini bus. Hell yeah. Uh, and when we were in Europe, it was sick cause they had like a TV rigged inside of it with a, with a nest. So we were just, you know, just playing video games, going to like 160 on the highway <laughs> uh, in France, which I think our driver told us it was legal. So, you know, we were just, getting to the gigs an hour and a half early so yeah man loving it well if we're bringing up the last phone call 
there's another conversation I wanted to bring up. And so, like I said, a, a big part of our friendship is Clay and Friends music. The, the thing that kicked it off for us was going up the coast. Mm. And I remember being so, you know, excited to talk to you about going up the coast. And you had told me that it, it started off completely differently than it sounds now. Okay, wait, I just, I just, I want to, I want to take a second and like, I never get to do this in my life, but I got, look, this is for going up the coast. You got to. Show that off. Cheers. <laughs> my dad came in the studio and was like, can I, can I pick that up? And I was like, yeah, dad, do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, it went, it went gold and it completely started from, it was this like super slow jam. Um, me and Dell uh, came, came to New York one summer and kind of played it in the subway. And it was kind of one of our go-to songs, really slow kind of thing. You'd listen like on Sunday morning, super hungover. Uh, and then at, at one point we were on tour in, uh, in Italy in this tiny little town and uh, it was coastal. It was beautiful, but they, uh, they didn't really give us any food to eat before the show, but they did give us a, a barrel of wine. Um, <laughs> and the thing we quickly came to understand in Italy was that, uh, Italians kind of had a different, uh, culture at that point to what we were used to too, which, uh, I mean, they'd listen to a show, but they'd kind of talk and chat at the same time. Yeah. Also considering it was like four or five years ago and you know, the project was just starting. And, you know, you don't eat, you add up like the driving and then the red wine lips and uh, no one's talking to you. No one's listening. And everyone's talking in Italian, shouting and smoking. And so I'm like, fuck this. You know, I'm not going to cross the world and have these people talk in my face while I'm playing the dopest shit ever. As You know, that's what I was thinking at that time. And so um, we stopped playing. And I was like, I'm going to get these Italian people to fucking get jiggy. And I was like, yo, kill it, be like play that ballad we were playing, but play a disco. And he looks at me like, what do you say? You know, I've got red lips and my <laughs> eyes are probably cross-eyed. And he's like, whatever this guy says. So he just starts that little like, boom, bah, bah, boom, bah, boom, bah, bah, boom, bah. and then, you know, Dell comes in on the, on the percussions. And we just like took the song from like a 80 BPM, like really slow ballad to like 110, which is at what it's at now, like that thumpy disco sound. And so all the band joined in like piece by piece. And we ended up like the Italians obviously stopped talking, which was a miracle. I hope nobody's Italian in this convo, but <laughs> they all just stopped talking and <laughs> we're all Italian. I'll stop talking, started smoking more and just like got jiggy, got on the dance floor and we like looped the track and uh, you know, the show went on and it was, it was great. We kind of had them hooked from that point on. And uh, we woke up and uh, Sam who manages the project till this day, Sam Rick who, who takes care of the project was on that tour with us. And after every show, he'd be like, go sell CDs to the Italian people. And he would, you know, sadly mope and do it. But he woke up and he was like, man, you guys did something crazy last night. That was so dope what you did to going up the coast. And we were all like, what are you, what are you, you had too much wine. What are you talking about? <laughs> None of us had any recollection of it. And he pretty much just like pulled out this video, which became the blueprint of the song. And it's pretty much the only reason why he manages the group. If he hadn't, if he hadn't came through on that moment, which changed all of our lives, uh, yeah, I don't know what he'd be doing, but um, yeah, really, really wild story. And that song really opened up a lot of doors and brought a lot of new ears. Said Amunska Popular de Verdun. It's been a really, uh, yeah, you know, you, you never know when these things happen, but when they do, you're like, damn, what a what a turn of events. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> supersedes Italy, supersedes Montreal, Canada, because it had a huge life in Asia. Yeah, in, in South Korea of all places. Yeah. Once again, it's just like the like the internet's a beautiful place. I, I love <laughs> I love saying that. It's just like you wake up one morning and uh, you know we had the, the the video was doing all right. The song had kind of taken off a little bit organically, which as like all of our music mostly does because we're we're still an indie 
indie project with like a really strong uh yeah like real humans follow us and come to this anyways I'm, I'm getting off track but we woke up one morning and then started seeing a lot of comments like our phones were going off about like comments in korean uh on the video and we were like oh no we're you know we got hacked or something like this just what is and we started translating them and it was like sin b sent me here sin b sent me here and then what the hell is this like sin b sent me here what's, what's going on is this a cult like what happened <laughs> and it turns out like um in in south korea they have boy bands and girl bands that are a part of like the k-pop phenomenon and they had this group called girlfriend and one of the the lead singers went on national tv and like on the spot was asked like hey what what song are you listening to and she just promptly answered like going up the coast to buy clan friends and it was just like <laughs> that's boom. so sick blew the song out of proportion really gave it like a ninth life and uh, got us a bunch of fans who like even if you go on the last song we released like we put out a song a few days ago which is in french like there's no english even and there's comments in korean if you like i love this new song thank you playing friends we hope you come to korea one day like unreal the internet's a beautiful place (laughs) thank you cindy i wrote her i wrote her a dm on instagram like a long-winded dm just being like Cause it's not like we got like a thousand more views. Like yeah. we got a hundred thousand more views on the wow. video and like all of our socials, you know, blew up and they interacted with us. It wasn't like bots following us. It was these people that were like, yo, we love this song. Like we listen to this all the time. And yeah. So, you know, <laughs> you never know when these things happen, but when they do, it's like, damn, what a life. Are we venturing to South Korea ever to, to give them a show? It's, it's totally, it's totally on the bucket list. Like I'm a big fan of uh, speaking things and like speaking things to existence or writing them on a, on a piece of paper and just watching them kind of, kind of happen. So that's kind of been in the, in the pipeline for, uh, for a little bit. That and Japan are really like the two places uh, we'd love, love, love to go play. Um, to be honest, we're currently rolling out a French project and it's uh it's close enough. We're, we're releasing it something like a June 10th. I'm supposed to know these numbers, but I don't. Uh, on June 10th, I think. And uh, after that, we're, we're moving on to an English project. And I'm really kind of hoping that when we return to English music, that it'll be possible for us to tour uh, outside of like France and Belgium and Switzerland, uh, where you know we've mostly been touring interla- internationally mm-hmm. for the past few years. We got you in Boston. Lucas had a good question about <laughs> your French and English language. I, I kind of did. Uh, if it's okay, je voulais poser une question en français, si c'est d'accord. Une question en français. Oui. Préférez-vous jouer en anglais ou français et trouvez-vous une différence entre votre fans anglais et français que tu performes? Wow, but uh, ton accent en français est incroyable. Bravo. Oh, merci. <laughs> I don't really understand. This, I was not expecting this from you, but <laughs> completely thrown off. A bag of surprises here. Um, so to answer your question, I uh, don't have a preference for singing in French or in English. Um, I've always kind of written music the way that uh, it comes to me spontaneously, like freestyling and just uh, seeing what comes out is what ends up being on the song. I'm never like, all right, the next tune has to be in French or we have to make a French mm. project. It just so happens that for the past like uh, two years, pretty much, I've been consuming way more french culture like watching movies in french reading in french and i've always kind of like this is not the prettiest image but i just digest what i take in and kind of like spit it back out so yeah you know it's also the fact that before that in my in my entire life i've kind of you know you, you discover like disco funk soul rap in english and then at some point you're like all right you know there's stuff to dig but then you find out that in another uh, in another language you haven't heard any funk any disco any mm-hmm. hip-hop and it's like 
I get to feel that feeling I felt the first time I heard like, I don't know, Curtis Mayfield, but in French, it's like, whoa, <laughs> you're telling me I can get that high again? So I guess the past two years has kind of been me milking, milking that, just kind of getting high off these things that are iconic to other French speakers. They grew up with it. I'm thinking about like a Serge Gainsbourg or like Robert Charlebois or just these like big giant names that to me was just like, I have no clue who this person is. Um, and to answer this, the second part of that, uh, is there a big difference between the English and the French fans? I would say that uh, in Europe in general, there's this really cool culture of respect when it comes to shows where people are, they'll party, you know, they'll get wasted and jump around and crowd surf and whatnot, but they'll definitely be more attentive to, wow, you brought this kind of like a decor with you or the sound was really good or I guess maybe it's because it's like an older country and culture maybe holds more weight, but I'm always blown away as to like the guy you thought that, you know, he drank half a bottle of absinthe and he's probably going to come and try and kiss you. <laughs> he's just like, man, when the bass hit in that fourth song, I really felt something. And then the harmony you had going there and the way the lights were flashing and they, re- I don't know. It just always strikes me as to like, Oh, cool. People do pay attention to this stuff. So I, I'm, I'm really uh, appreciative of that. Shout out to everybody. And, you know, we're done in Montreal too. I love like all y'all jumping around and you know making a mess, but it's a, a, a bit of both is wonderful. That's cool. That's cool that you said that because that's kind of how I was turned on to Clan Friends. Was I was listening to all like disco music, kind of like funk music, and then because I can understand and speak a little bit of French, I you know listen to some French movies and you know try to listen to French music as well. And that's how I got turned on. To you guys was the uh, you know thank God for the Spotify algorithm. I was listening <laughs> that, to more that, and more and more French so music. Yeah, yeah, I was listening to more and more so, French so, music. So cool. And explicitly like uh, like French Canadian music in particular, I was listening a lot more to. Um, I know there's like an artist from like New Brunswick, Petit Belvaux, and he was yeah, he, he, he had some like uh, like real funky kind of like 80s, 90s kind of like style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was getting more into like kind of that Canadian French stuff. So that's how I kind of find you guys was that very very quiet. Like, yeah. To me, there's something so beautiful in there, and it's it's something I've kind of like touched upon. Um, I when when I like was growing up, I did listen to a bit of French music, and I attached a huge importance to it because there was very little of it in my life, and it came to define certain moments of my life. You know, moments I spent with friends or with ex girlfriends or whatever, just traveling. And if we can get music in French to be listened around the world and that people can, you know, live experiences through it, you know, whether it's traveling, getting high, surfing, whatever, whatever it is they're doing when they're listening to claim friends, meditating, whatever floats their boat. It's like, wow, we managed to do that with their second, their third language, something they don't even understand. Like there's something universal about that. And you know what? It might even bring a few people to be like, I wonder what the hell he's saying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of look into it and become interested in French. So in that sense, I was always kind of bummed growing up here that I didn't find French music that I loved. And I hope that, you know, if anything, it inspires other people to make the music they think is dope in French. Cause I love, I love speaking French and I love speaking English. It just, that's what makes this Island. So, so different from all the other places I've been in the world. And the fact that we kind of blend the two together, I think really kind of sets us apart. So I'm really happy that uh, you, you found us through the French music. And then you were like, what were you like? Holy shit. They also have music in English. What the hell's going on? Well, that's why I thought it was so cool. Cause a lot of French music is, 
uh, can kind of be kind of like old fashioned sounding. You think of like Edith Piaf, totally. like really old fashioned, like classical French music. But what I, I like yeah. about like Montreal and like French Canadian bands is like the use of like Franglish, where some of it's totally, in French, man. some of it's English. Then you're using like Montreal slang, which I think is really cool. And I know when I was studying French in college, I would piss off my professors because I would insist on using like Canadian French slang in class, and they hated that. But I'm like super into like the French Canadian like culture more so than like the French language culture itself. Yeah, that's why I really you, like, you, really loved you guys. You've got to come. You've got to come to Montreal and experience. Oh, I, I go it. like, like every I, summer. Don't worry. I've kind of I've kind of got a really cool story regarding what you just said because I feel very much the same way about a lot of French music. I listen to it and then I'll say like I'll just flip this in English and I'm gonna I'm gonna ramble on here, but it's like uh, they'll be like. Um, and I have nothing against this. It's just, it doesn't touch me as much instead of, you know, speaking like they speak, like we're talking right now. Cause I pride myself on kind of writing songs the way I speak in English and in French. I say sentences that I would say to my homies or that I've heard. And to me, that's what makes it resonate. But they'll be like, this morning I awoke and my soul floated through the transparent purple sky. And you're like, what are you fucking it's talking so about? It's not real. It's so lofty. I can't, I can't deal with it. And so see to me it's like a fine line between poetic and you're just putting like big words together but maybe it's just because i'm asinine you know whatever but we had this on the last song we had this guy called the lujan cornier uh he's he's featuring on last track and he's kind of this quebecois icon you know he's uh he's like a big strong cultural figure uh and we you know we reached out thinking like all right you know 15 percent chance he'll he'll answer us and he he loved the song and agreed to feature on it we were like, hey, man, uh, we'd love for you to come to the studio. You know, uh, Mike, this was our manager talking to him. Mike's a ghostwriter. He'd love to kind of like bounce off of you because his style is typically, I love his voice, but his style is typically very much what we're talking about. You know, he'll make these like very grand and majestic images that to me don't necessarily resonate as much, you know. And so he came to the studio and I was, it was a big part of me that was super afraid that I was going to be disappointed by meeting this guy and him being like really close to like, Oh, you peasant, you don't understand like poetry. <laughs> but, um, he kind of listened to the beat. We actually talked about doing mushrooms, which was hilarious in the first like nine minutes of meeting this, this icon that that's what came up. And then, so he kind of, he's like, Hey, just play the beat. And I'm like, Oh shit, is he going to like freestyle on it? So he goes into a corner of the room for about 15 minutes. And like, I've been in a lot of sessions and I'm looking at him and I'm like, Oh man, he's, he's drawing blanks. Like he's on his phone, kind of looking at the ceiling, not writing anything down. And I'm like, Hey man, just putting this out there. When I write, I just write down plenty of lyrics uh, and kind of pick and choose from them. If there's anything I wrote that could inspire you, I'd be happy to kind of just like throw it and see if anything sticks. And you know, it was a shot in the dark. He could have just been like, who the fuck do you think you're talking to right now? But he just like lit up and was like, man, I'd love that. So he just kind of came uh, head to head and we like picked out one line that kind of just like, jump started it, you know, and I, I did, I got to do what I, I do best, man, just like help him tell the story he wants to tell and bounce off of him. And it gave him this really, if you compare his verse and our song, there is very much his like grand, grand poetic kind of writing, but it's mixed in with these like very, I don't know, one could say like candid, very like Mike Clay sentences where it's like, well, I just tell it like it is, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's what kind of gives the, the charm to it. So I'm, I'm really pleasantly surprised. And I hope very much that I think he's like maybe 40, 45, that when I'm when I'm that age, uh, sitting in a studio with a, a group that calls me out for a feature, I'll have that kind of open mindedness and willingness to be, see what happens and not just stick to my guns and like do the same thing over and over again. So I, I tip my hat to to Luigi. That track, the the chorus specifically, is that a sample? No. So really cool story. Um, I got put onto this guy when I was in my my big uh, like uh, finding French stuff called Pierre Bahou, and Pierre Bahou essentially in the 70s before the internet, before telephones was like, 
I want to go, I love Brazilian music. I'm going to go to Brazil and meet every single Brazilian musician I want to meet just because it's the seventies and people are more accessible. And I, you know, there's not like, Oh, how many Instagram followers does he have? It's just like, bam, I want to meet this dude. I'm from France. I'll make it happen. Yeah. And he essentially showed up him with a camera crew and a uh, shot with like a uh, Carlos Robim and, uh, um Gal Costa and all these all these icons just literally went to meet them and he didn't speak Portuguese but he knew all the songs he had like learned them on the guitar and how to sing them and he essentially made uh, a French album covering a bunch of those songs and one of them was Seneca de l'eau uh, and I heard it and listened to it over and over and it became my my closer song on my DJ set so I played these like very big up tempo like funk boogie DJ sets and then would close with this very calm peaceful ballad and everybody would shazam it every time and i was like man there's something here which is so that song is a cover of agua de beber which is a, a kind of like a standard uh and we resang it uh just resang it and uh kind of uh, it's a nod to that and it's also a huge link to our whole project which is called agua in which the mantra is uh is drink some water and call your mom <laughs> so it all it all it all kind of connected when we uh, when we found that song and it pretty much uh yeah, it became, that's why it's a single. It just really kind of represents the message we want to, we want to pass with the record. Heck yeah. So it's a single off the new French project. I know you said you don't exactly know the dates. You said June. Yeah, June, June. Okay. It's, it's, it's like, a, it's ready. It's submitted. It's coming out there. The, every, everything's done and we've got a bunch of really cool. Uh, so the idea was to kind of, we created this uh, project called Agua, which is out and rolling on which there's oh, yeah. songs that did well, like a Bouche saying, which when we chatted with you that that had just came out and to see the life that it's lived is so, so cool crazy. dude see like that's one of those things just bouncing off what you were saying before like we have people listening to it like hard in australia and california like it's so cool to see that it crossed over um and you know so this a project that's coming out it's called extendo uh, extendo which is like a pun in french because o is water so it's like, it, it, he's, he's like, uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I yeah. see what you did there. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> One thing you got to know is that, is that Sam Rick, the guy who manages the project is like dadjokes.com. So anytime he gets it, he named the project. Anytime he gets a, gets a slide one and he's really stoked. But so this project is like an extension of four songs uh, to Agua, which will create the album Extendo. And uh, three of the four songs have uh, collabs on them, which was, it's, it's what we wanted to do. You know, you really wanted to have uh, the capacity to bounce off uh, because we haven't we haven't been able to do that for the past you know little bit, so it was like all right, now's the time to to get in with other people we we're, we're fans of pretty much. That's so sick! I'm so excited. I bring it back to Aqua, Ahorita, if I'm saying that correctly. Was, Ahorita. I think that was my favorite <laughs> yeah. one from the project. So it's cool. So that Aqua is being re released as part of the album. Exactly. Yes, sir. Sweet. Awesome. And then we're gonna get an we're gonna get a little English surprise after that. Yes. So see that, that, that English project has kind of been like every time we'd make a French song, like I was saying, like I digest stuff in French and in English, but then the English had nowhere to go. So it was like, we've kind of been like stacking. We have a hard drive of like English music. Uh, that's kind of just like been boiling. And now we have so many of them that it's getting distilled to like, okay, no, these are like the 10, 12 songs we really feel good about. So man, I'm, I'm very excited to, for, for people to hear the counterpart to all this French music we've, we've been making. That's so sick. Well, Mike Clay will absolutely be on the lookout for for your stop in, in Boston. Um, but Very tell me excited. this, you know, before you go, you obviously have a tour lined up. How excited are you for things to be normal and, and back on the road? 
Very, very excited. I mean, we've kind of been at it already for the past, I'd say, uh, like three months. We So as soon as we could, we went to tour in Europe, uh, which kind of like broke the ice for us. We all, all this music that was on Agua, we were playing for the first time in front of humans. So it's really like, a, okay, if they, you know, if they mess with it, we did something right. And if they don't, well, you know, we're, we're fucked for the next 10 months. And they loved it, you know, uh, just, just to say how much it had an impact on us. We moved some songs off the record because we were trying new music. And some of it resonated so much. People were just singing it and jump into it that it, it found its way onto the Extendo project, which is coming out. So we played about like uh, 15 dates there, then came back here and did like some of the biggest shows in our, our lives uh, around Quebec. It was like a, how, do, how, do you, how would I say it in English? Like a, a tour of album launches. So it was like a big show in every, every city in Quebec, pretty yeah. much of, of Agua. We were kind of defending that project. Uh, and uh, the MTELUS on Saturday is kind of the, uh, the final dot of that because festival season is starting up. So I'm super excited for festival season. We've got like 30 dates lined up for this, uh, this summer. And uh, yeah, it's looking bright. I'm looking forward to pushing the crowd surfing envelope further and further. I've been, <laughs> I, I've been crowd surfing in an inflatable boat recently. Okay. Uh, and I'll, I want to see if I can crowd surf like standing on a surfboard. That's that, which is super risky. We'll see how it turns out, but uh, it's kind of the next, next step. Just wear some padding. So yeah, how naked do you get? Because I I know you said <laughs> pretty pretty Easy. naked. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, no man, I really uh, I don't know. It's uh yeah. I was really like I never took any of my clothes off playing music, and then at one point I kind of got dared to do it, and I was like, all right, now or never, and now I just kind of do it every show. And it's funny because all the other band members started doing it after I did it. Um, <laughs> You know, everybody would stay fully clothed before, but now it's very much like a near nudity type of type of situation. You're going to get some people coming to your show for whole other reasons than just listening yeah, exactly. to your music. It's a slippery slope. Yeah, man. It's a very That's slippery me. slope. Well, Mike Clay, it has been an honestly an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Um, I, like I said, when our episode got lost, it was literally so heartbreaking because it was truly such an honor to speak with you, especially in front of my homies. So thank you for your time. We appreciate oh, it. Pleasure. Really, really glad we got to catch up. And if you guys want to come to Montreal and surf or hang out and play some music, just uh, just let me know. I'd love to have you over. Yeah, don't be surprised when we hit your DMs. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sounds man. good.